You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey everybody, welcome back. Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast is back at you. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. And uh, we're here with Heavy Hearts tonight. Um, we had some breaking news here recently. You know, it might be a little bit older news to you now, but we had something pretty pretty bad happen in the, the pop culture world and the comic book world specifically. And it's going to hit our listeners pretty hard. But, you know, it's something we've got to talk about. It's the elephant in the room. Marvel Entertainment Chairman Isaac Perlmutter was named in an NYPD bribery trial. Perlmutter. Perlmutter. I, for one, was devastated. I don't feel good about that fake out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I encourage you to do it. According to the New so York what, yeah, Daily News, uh, they've been they've been uh, investigating NYPD Sergeant David Villanueva, uh, and they're alleging that per- Madre de <laughs> Dios. <laughs> of course, Isaac Perlmutter, if you're new to the podcast, is a real life supervillain, the guy who's run Marvel mm-hmm. for many years. Uh, what he's high up in the government now. He's running the Veterans the, Affairs yeah. Committee out of Mar-a-Lago. He's pulled the strings in the behind the scenes at Marvel for a long time. Carved He's, the turkey this Thanksgiving. He is our favorite villain. As far as we Arch can. nemesis. So there's a new report alleging his assistant, Marisol Garcia, worked with a police officer to acquire a gun license renewal in New York City. Which he lives in Florida, but I'm assuming he's yeah. in New York a lot on business. So presumably, that's using, where the Marvel universe happens. You know, that's true. And there's so many aliens and stuff you'd want you want to be hacking. So presumably, using power and status to expedite the process through some illegal quid pro quo. Mm. So this this Villanueva guy worked in the NYPD's license division, and he testified under oath that he helped get Perlmutter. Uh, he renewed his license to carry a firearm in exchange for tickets to a number of Marvel movie premieres. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, New York has very tough gun laws. So I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure there are hoops to jump through, especially if you live out of state. Especially if you're a supervillain <laughs> on the record, right? Yeah, <laughs> people are going to be looking closely. What a, what a supervillain thing to do! <laughs> He's got a dirty cop, right? On the application, it asks you if you have a theme song. Yes, yes, it's a big tell. <laughs> So they've been looking into this guy for a while. He's worked for the NYPD between 2005 and 2016. So there's a lot of other stuff. This mm-hmm. just was one that came out in all the testimony. And he testified under oath that he did it. So I don't know what he's trying to get out of it. And he, he did a lot of you know various bribes and things that I said, this isn't the only thing the guy did, but it's yeah. the only one we care about. Right. But they're saying Perlmutter himself is reportedly not in legal trouble. 
he probably didn't even know. He's just a rich guy saying, get me my license, and mm-hmm. it just it all went through. Mm. And it's unclear if uh, his assistant, Garcia, is going to face any legal trouble or not. So if it's just the cop who yeah. did, did the bad stuff. Then he doesn't care. Who's Whatever. the real-life kingpin? He'll, he'll still sleep well at night. He doesn't care. All right, that buried the, our main story, the passing of Mr. Stanley Martin Lieber. Stan Lee has left this world a better place than he found it. <laughs> True story. Born December of 1922, passed on November 12th this year. That was a long time. Yep. His wife, Joan, uh, passed away in 2017. And he has one surviving daughter, uh, J.C. Joan Celia Lee. Yeah, so it's been all over the place. And and there was a lot of, I mean, there's huge outpouring. You never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's famous, but you know, comic book famous is different than, right. <laughs> than real world famous. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen. But Ten years ago, he wouldn't have had. No. No. People wouldn't have known who he was. He, I mean, people would, but the general the public, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll admit there was a little bit, if you want to call it gatekeeping or whatever. In my mind, I started reading all the comments. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna miss his cameos. His cameos were hilarious. We yeah, love the cameos. Right. And I started getting that, like, come on, that's yeah. not what this guy is. I mean, this was a fun little cherry on top. Toward the end of his life, right? right. Yeah, a sure. Tribute to but him. then, who, who cares? Like he he touched those people in that way, and that's wonderful. That these people would never have known who he was anyway. Right. So you know, he touched a lot of yeah. us in different ways. I went through, did a very abbreviated uh, bibliography, we'll call it. Amazing Spider-Man number one through one hundred, and some various ones after that. Avengers one through thirty-five. Captain America, number 100 through 141, when it took over from Tales of Suspense. Yep. Daredevil, uh, most of the issues between 1 and 50. Fantastic Four, number 1 through 114, which was for the longest time the record, Lee and Kirby, 114 straight issues of just those two guys. Do you know who broke it? Bagley Bendis. Yes, correct. On Ultimate Spider-Man. Hulk... Dozens of issues. Journey into Mystery. Dozens of issues. That's where Thor premiered. Uh, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. 28-some issues. Silver Surfer. 18 issues in the 60s and 70s. Strange Tales with Doctor Strange and Nick Fury and the Human Torch. Tales to Astonish. We brought Ant-Man, Submariner, Hulk. Dozens and dozens of issues. Tales of Suspense with Iron Man, Captain America, and the X-Men 1 through 19. So those are just those are the highlights <laughs> on the man's resume. I, I countless, countless, countless issues the guy wrote, and I did a quick uh, rundown of the characters he created. Yeah, this is maybe a tenth of them. You know, timing. <laughs> <laughs> Abomination, Absorbing Man, Ancient One, Angel, Annihilus, Ant Man, Atuma, The Avengers, The Awesome Android. Balder the Brave, Batrock the Leaper, Beast, the Beetle, Black Bolt, Black Knight, Black Panther, Black Widow, Blob, Brother Voodoo, Captain Marvel, Peggy Carter, Sharon Carter, the Chameleon, Cyclops, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Dormammu, Doctor Druid, Dum Dum Duggan, Egghead, the Ant Man <laughs> villain, 
That's right. <laughs> Eco the Living Planet, Electro, Enchantress, Executioner, Falcon, Fantastic Four, Fin Fang Foom, Jane Foster, Nick Fury, Galactus, Giant Man, Gladiator, Goliath, Gorgon, Jean Grey, Groot, Hawkeye, Hemdall, Hela, Hercules, Happy Hogan, Hulk, Human Torch, Iceman, Immortus, Impossible Man, Inhumans, Invisible Woman, Iron Man, J. Jonah Jameson, Jarvis, Gabe Jones, Rick Jones, Juggernaut, Kazar, King the Conqueror, Karnak, Kingpin, Claw, Craven the Hunter, Cree, uh, the Cree, the whole Cree race, all of the Cree. The Lizard, Lockjaw, Loki, Willie Lumpkin, the Mailman, Madam Mask, Magneto, Mandarin, Mastermind, Alicia Masters, Aunt May, Medusa, Mephisto, Millie the Model, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Hyde, Modoc, Mole Man, Molecule Man, Molten Man, Baron Mordo, Mysterio, Count Nefaria, Foggy Nelson, the Night Nurse, Doc Ock, Odin, Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn, Karen Page, Pepper Potts, Puppet Master, the Purple Man, Hank Pym, Quicksilver, Rhino, Robbie Robertson, Ronan the Accuser, Betty Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, Sandman, Scarlet Witch, Scorpion, Sentinels, Sergeant Fury and the Helen Commandos, She-Hulk, Sif, Silver Surfer, Sinister Six, Jasper Sitwell, Scrolls, Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy, Stiltman, Stripperella, Baron Strucker, Super Adaptoid, Surter, the Swordsman, Glenn Talbot, The Thing, Flash Thompson, Thor, Tiger, Toad, Bolivar Trask, Triton, Uncle Ben, Volstag, Vulture, Adam Warlock, Wasp, The Watcher, Mary Jane, Whiplash, Wyatt Wingfoot, Wonder Man, Wong, The Wrecker, All the X-Men, Professor X, Yancey Street Gang, Yondu, Baron Zemo. That's a pretty good job. So, A to Z... <laughs> You didn't standing. stumble much at all there. That was pretty, <laughs> I feel like you practiced that. Uh, that was my first. That was my first try at that. <laughs> so yes, na- basically name a Marvel character pre nineteen seventies, and Stan was one of the co creators along with many of his artists, <clears throat> Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, John Romita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I heard it, I mean I. It didn't take long for me to get a little teared up thinking about it and just there were reports out there I think I saw something a few days before that or maybe a, a week or two before you know about oh Stan's not doing well or that type of thing yeah I had, had come out in the news yeah I mean you knew in the last year he yeah had not been yeah. as good as he was and that made it a lot sadder that you knew these last few years he had lawsuits going on mm-hmm. there were stories coming out about elder abuse uh, if you remember, one of the nurses uh, had a, like a sexual harassment suit against mm-hmm. him. So like, these weren't the most peaceful, you know, twilight years. He yeah. he was dealing with a lot of crap. If you live that many years, you're gonna have you're gonna have stuff. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh... But then again, you see the articles. You know, they're the the praising article. Stan Lee, the great hero we've lost, and there's always like, well, he he got credit a lot. So. Yeah. yeah, you want to tell the full story, but at this point... Did you just hear that list? That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 so, so yeah, he shared those creations with a lot of people, but he was a part of all those, and the the other people were not always the same person. You know? Yeah. I mean, he... Yeah. And after this many years, that, that's, that's what this became. I heard... Uh, I think it was Scott Lobdell, who wrote X-Men for a long time in the 90s, was talking about meeting Stan Lee and the couple run-ins he had with him. And he said, going to some Comic-Con or something, he was going to the premiere of Titanic with James Cameron. Which, you know, back in the 90s... Yeah. He's a known person again, but not a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he made a joke. He's like, oh, nobody probably knew who I was on the red carpet. And Lobdell said, they probably thought you were the last surviving member of the Titanic. And Stan goes, that's great. I'm going to use that next time I tell the story. Right. So that's, yeah. that wasn't like he stole my joke. It, like that, Stan was a showman. Mm-hmm. Right. Stan oh, yeah. created the best possible look yeah. for both the corporate people, the people he worked with, the characters he loved. 
he was there to make everyone look good. Mm-hmm. And if it involves stretching the truth a little bit, I mean, it was, I don't, I honestly don't think any of it was ever malicious. He wasn't ever out to, he wasn't Bob Kane right. who yeah. legitimately, you know, yeah. <laughs> tried to, you know, take credit and what, steal things. What he was doing was benefiting everybody. Yes. I think, uh, I'm pretty sure my first introduction to the man was actually at a pretty young age in Spider-Man and his amazing friends doing the voiceover and the mm-hmm. introductions. And that's how I think I knew who Stan Lee was. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I wasn't a Marvel Comics reader. I'm not a Marvel Comics reader. Um, <laughs> I can't you have a wait to tell everybody I, what he's wearing. I wore, this is Spider-Man t-shirt. This is the only Spider-Man thing I own. <laughs> and he I don't even own a Spider-Man shirt. This old red he doesn't like yeah. Spider-Man. He comes in here wearing one. It's old red Spider-Man shirt I wore just for you guys. I like it. I, what I think... You know, like, yeah, it was the early 80s, like 81 or 82, when I discovered all, you know, all of this. When I took that kid's box of comics, <laughs> yeah. I realized there was something other than Archie comics. And, uh, yeah, I would read every word of those comics. I'd read about every seahorse I could mail away for. <laughs> but I think... You know, a lot, one thing I take, my parents would probably like to think they gave me my, any moral compass I have at all, but I honestly attribute it to Stan Lee. You know, but, you know, but besides his soapboxes, just the general, his writing of the stories and the acceptance of everyone and, you know, how people were different, mutants and, you know, Mm -hmm. such and, yeah, I mean the message that came across in the comics, you know, at it, that time, it yeah, put you know instilled in me that you know hatred of racism and things like that, and I, I you know, I've so valued him. I I loved his voice, and and it's it's so crazy, you know. Nowadays, like you said, so many people know who he is because of the last ten years in the movies. And, you know, you can be like kind of, oh, he was my, you know, he was ours, you know, and now he's everybody's, but, but that's all right. I'm glad that, you know, that should, he should have got that bonus to have been able to live that long. Can you imagine if he died 10 years ago? Yeah. I, you know, Jack Kirby died in like 94. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's the exact, it's just so. As comics were in their nadir right. and just like, and the, you know, the, they were, they were barely an art form anymore. They, you know, and kind of cratered yeah. creatively. And it's so great to see someone. You no, know, people, a lot of people don't, the vast majority don't get to live long enough to see something they created become something like this. And he did. He got to see it become the biggest thing nobody would have ever believed. So yeah, if you don't know his story, just very basically, he, his, I think it was his uncle was Martin Goodman who who ran Timely Comics at the time. So mm. he, as a teenager, Stan got a job in the office. So you know Jack Kirby and all those guys were already there. Were adults making a living doing art, and Stan was basically the coffee boy. And then, and then comics, no one cared as long as they put one out on time, got their ten cents from the kid. You know, it, it was not they weren't striving for great art right, back then. Right. So People it was just the job. Away, you yeah. Know? Yeah, we it was thrown away. Yeah, and especially you know, you just recycled it or give it to the next kid or yeah. So pe- people came and went, and Stan was just there the whole time and worked his way up. And because no one cared, they just let him write them. And then he started editing, 
And then he just started basically running the whole place because no one cared. Just let Stan do it. He likes it. And, of course, the famous story, he wanted to be the great American novelist, and eventually he was going to quit comics and become a quote-unquote serious writer, which is why he used the pen name. He was saving his real name for, you know, his great... Right. When he yeah. finally, you know, broke some ground. Right. But, yeah, so Stan toiled away doing horror comics and romance comics and westerns and sci-fi and all kind of stuff throughout the, the, the 40s and 50s. And then... And then in the early 60s is when things really broke. So, Stan, yeah, Stan didn't start out right with the Fantastic Four in 1961. But that's where he kind of, that's where he broke the ground. Because we ha- we've we had comics for decades before that. But it was, pardon me, DC fans. They were the kind of stale DC heroes. Easy. Who were, <laughs> you know, they were they were cops and policemen and scientists and when they got their powers, well, now we must save humanity. And it was just sort of very simple morality lessons. And Stan completely changed it. He said, well, what if you got powers and it sucked? And that's, you know, the thing. He's cursed with the powers. He bickers with Johnny. Uh, there's kind of a love triangle with if you're flirting with Sue. And, you know, these weren't the most altruistic. At the end of the day, they ended up saving things. But it wasn't always smooth sailing. And then Peter Parker, you know, as a teenager, teenagers were sidekicks. You know, the hero was a big strapping man and might have a kid sidekick. Who, who in the world, who in, who, who in their right mind would have a teenager be the hero? Well, they did it, and it worked. And he just, you know, hit after hit after hit. The X-Men, you know, the great you know heroes that people hated and threw tomatoes at. Daredevil's blind. You know, it just... Character after character with these amazing Shakespearean origins and just changed comics forever. Everyone has been chasing that since. I, I was just, I'm just in rapture. I just uh, hear more about him. I, I, Tell us more. Yeah. I love him. I, I, okay, well, I gotta ask. Did you ever meet him? No, I. There was some con he was supposed to be at maybe five years ago. Yeah, so I was going to say that's the probably the one that and I, I almost. It, and it was like super expensive to, you know, you're you're looking at a hundred bucks. I'm sure to get something signed or meet him. I think yeah, the photos were like two hundred. Right. Or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I signed and, up for a photo and an autograph. Oh, you did. Okay. And I'm like, well, this is probably my only chance. Right. And then he was sick at that point and had to cancel, and they refunded the money. And I was like, ah, that's a bummer. But then part of me, I've seen hundreds of those photos. They all look kind of the same. They just kind of propped them in a chair, and people, you know, like there's the backdrop behind, and the fanboys. They cycle through, yeah. And it's like, I'm okay not having that be my image of him as kind of a shriveled older guy. Like, I I like the boisterous, you know, Excelsior stand. I'm okay with him being a myth to me. I I didn't need the real thing. Yeah, I I mean, I've considered it that, that it might have been earlier than that i don't know at some point i was just too expensive at the time but i don't know even if you would have got this a couple words from him or be oh you know i don't know i i feel like i wish i would have met him at some point but, but yeah you hear any story anyone has of me running into him at a comic con or whatever just it was always about how quick he was on his feet and yeah. how funny he was and how gracious he was with, you know, those lines that you get two seconds and go, but, you know, there are all kinds of stories about how he helped kids out and stuff. And yeah, I love the story Bendis tells and there was some big, uh, Superman anniversary in Cleveland and Stan was one of the guests in there and Brian was a volunteer before he was, you know, he was like a high school kid 
And he said, Stan gets off the bus and goes, Brian! And he's like, well, how does he know me? He's like, you got a name tag on, schmuck. And like, he's like, that was the best moment of my life. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, is this the first one we're doing of a, what, of a comic? Mm, Might be. Yeah, we're gonna probably. do. We're gonna I think do. We have to. We're gonna. We're gonna do. It, it's fitting. It is fitting. <laughs> we are going to do our first comic creator. One job. One job forever. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it. Okay. You tosses. You had one job to do. Now we can't. It would be. Too big of an effort to try to pick an issue that he wrote, yeah, and say that's my favorite Stanley issue. Maybe worth worth it, but we we don't have that kind of time. So we'll just pick one of those thousand characters you just named. Do so, you need Do you need to hear him again? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, we know who he's picking. He brought his shirt. That's right. <laughs> my all time favorite. Hmm. Uh, uh, I said, and even though the, you know, there's a few glaring characters who aren't on this list that he, you know, Wolverine or the Punisher or even Captain America was created before Stan. Right. But if you think about it, Captain America was one of those generic DC type characters. He was the stalwart American who fought for justice. It was Stan who put him in the ice and brought him back, brought, made him a man out of time, made him this '40s icon. That didn't, you know, fit into the sixties. Uh, that that was all Stan, right? So even though he didn't technically create Cap, you know, he put his stamp on it as much as any other oh, character absolutely. around. So absolutely, you could say that about so many characters. That even if he didn't work on it, but again, he was. Oh, we never talked about the Marvel method, which is how Stan could write every book out there. You know, you just you either do a quick plot or a paragraph, or you just say, "Hey, what if Spider-Man fights the Vulture this issue?" And Kirby would go draw it, or Ditko would go draw it, or whoever. And then Stan would do all the dialogue. So, yeah, Stan, there weren't a lot of other writers at Marvel. He, if, it, if Marvel was putting it out, he was probably the writer of it for many, many years. So, so it, it, this would be a difficult choice. You know, everyone's an icon. Yeah. I feel like we're going to easily do this though yeah i feel like because you guys I, are gonna I, pick the same I, thing i think i think it would be silly to do like your i mean i totally get i totally agree that he made captain america what he is he and kirby but he didn't create him so let's pick somebody he created actually and you know i maybe i'm inspired by the shirt <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sway us that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a Hank Pym shirt on underneath that, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. There are so many characters, you know, that I love. And, you know, that whole list has tons of great, huge characters. Daredevil and, oh, mm-hmm. you know, on and on and on. But but the, the, the iconic Marvel character is Spider-Man. And... I don't see how you could pick anything else. Actually, well, <laughs> I don't see how anyone but Cliff could. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. where that everybody shirt everybody tell me the difference. No, I think there's a case to be made for the Fantastic Four. Um, just me personally, I have a I have a love of kind of oddball team ups or oddball teams of 
you know DC or Marvel or whoever. Um, it's just what I've always been drawn to. I like the makeup of that. And they uh, were basically challengers of the unknown. Yeah. Like DC had done the four person mm-hmm. you know, explorer team yeah. Yeah. well before this Marvel. This is exactly why I don't like the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like I I would never pick them because when when I got into comics, they were the boring team to me. And, and it is so right. It is so fitting that we're like, yes, they're DC. But, but I'm saying <laughs> they're DC, but done well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But without, but without the Fantastic Four, I mean, do we really get, you know, the big inspiration for the Avengers or for the Justice League or for any of those? You know, I think they've all kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, he came up with the team idea. There. Yeah, I think they've all. I think there's a lot of credit to be given to that. Well, that they they slapped the world's greatest comic magazine on that book, and it was still in the single digits. Yeah, <laughs> like that was a little bit of like, but it that was that that it was the Marvel's best selling book and the most acclaimed book. And like their flagship title for a mm-hmm. long time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've just gone through and reread uh, Marvel had a sale at some point, and I picked up uh, the the Fantastic Four omnibus and the Spider Man omnibus of so those original stories. So I've read the first two, uh, it's probably sixty some issues of Fantastic Four, and it's great. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. I said I went through that video a while back when Black Panther came out, and like yeah. it was just. Issue after issue, concept after concept, just big ideas and interesting stuff going on. And Fantastic Four has had a lot of good runs over the years. Like, John Byrne did some amazing stuff in the 80s. Mark Wade and uh, uh, Waringo did really good stuff in the 2000s. Jonathan Hickman had a wonderful run more recently. So, yeah, they're an easy people to overlook. And Marvel can even cancel them. And, you know, they're not on a comic show for five years or however long Perlmutter kept them off the shelf. But yeah, Fantastic Four. It's you don't want to sleep. They haven't had a great movie, so maybe people overlook it a little bit. But yeah. Fantastic Four are terrific. Yeah, yeah. I th- I definitely think they're. You know, we could say you know a lot of stuff about Daredevil and stuff like that too. But <clears throat> but I think there was a lot of uniqueness. A lot of that was the first. You know, I know everybody's going to see Spider Man. I, I get right. that. But just throwing. You know, if you're going to throw another name out there, I think I think you know that's. You wouldn't lean Iron Man at all. I know you're a big Iron Man fan. I, well, I, I, I'm a, I'm a movie Iron. Man. <clears throat> right, right. Okay. I never like. I'm a huge Avengers fan, obviously, but I was not a huge Iron Man fan mm-hmm. or Thor. No one even. was till the movies. Mm-hmm. Right, the movies it's made him right. finally made them cool. The movies yeah. made him an A-list character. Yeah, it's that's funny. Yeah, I Spider Man is so that he's the logo. I mean, he's the <laughs> Cherry West. I, it, it's just like such a you know you were saying last time about Shakespearean you know character. He, he's just so iconic, and I I, lo- I love Spider Man. I all every time I see like a cool, amazing Spider Man cover, I think I wish I always collected Spider Man from time I got into it because. <laughs> I, w- I wish I was a Spider-Man guy, you know, <laughs> you know, I, 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 so many things over the years and I, I just think, you know, that's, that's such a classic character. I would feel so good about, put, you know, putting that in for us. Yeah. And I had just been reading, I, I'd had that omnibus for a long time. And then when Ditko died, I started reading it just an issue a week or so. Just, you know, I didn't read it straight through. 
And then now I'm almost done with it, and Stan passes away. So I'm like, ugh, it's got extra significance now. And I swear the last one I was reading, and it's got the letters, columns, and everything in there. So you're you're yeah. following along with the readers who are like, this guy's crazy. We love this guy. He's so funny. The last issue, Aunt May finds his costume and throws it out. It's like, you're not going to a costume contest dressed like that nasty Spider-Man. <laughs> and he has to play along because he can't say it's mine. Give me back my doilies. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he doesn't have time to sew a new one. So he goes to a costume shop and buys like a Halloween costume Spider-Man. It's like, hey, this looks pretty good. And he jumps up on the roof and it like starts riding up. Mm-hmm. And it starts like, you can see his belly and his socks like droop down. That's Jordan. This is Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so imagine a hero, a stately, you know, Superman whose socks won't stay up. I mean, that, that's amazing. That's right. that real world. Just the spark that he had. And yeah, Spider-Man is my number one choice by by a mile. Uh, so, Cliff picked the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And we're taking Spider-Man. So, permanently engraved Spider-Man, with the pal stone <laughs> tablets <laughs> of one job. Oh Stan Lee with his creation of Spider-Man. That's all he ever did. All that other stuff, burn it. Never happened. Go read a DC. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, stripper Emma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I have one ready. Let's see. Oh, and I do. I did want to throw out feedback. Oh did, yeah. Did you guys ever watch the? Who yeah, the yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched it, yeah. Two I seasons, like a reality show, where they had people who really wanted to be superheroes yeah. come and. Many of them were like, they wanted to be actors, they wanted to be famous, yeah. they wanted to be on TV. Well, the guy who won the first season, Feedback, he really wanted to be a superhero. He was like so genuine about it. And I met him at a Comic-Con once. I've met Feedback. I never yeah. met Stan Lee. But you but met, met Feedback. Met feedback. <laughs> That's the same thing. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> Bye-bye, funky Flash man. <laughs> oh, man, he, so many. Anyway, Spider-Man's the perfect pick for it, and I'm super excited about adding that to our book. It's the least we can do, <laughs> you know. I see you're trying to add extra gravitas. Like, we yeah. have so much gravitas with oh. the one job. Like, yeah. and trying to take it up a notch for Stan Lee. It holds a lot of weight. It, well, I mean, I, I am. I, I am. I was like, that's like a huge name. I'll probably write that at the top of the list. <laughs> top of the page, up in the header. Right above Stan Anthony Lee's Michael Hall. Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Michael Hall's at the bottom. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. <laughs> oh, we did it. Guys, I'm super excited about that. Um... But like I said, it, it was just nice this week to hear people sharing their memories and their anecdotes and their well wishes and all that stuff. So, you know, stand the last, you know, all those old previous generations, they're all gone. Right. So Stan was really kind of the last one of that generation from Julia Schwartz and, you know, and mm-hmm. all those Golden Age guys, Will Eisner, all the Marvel artists like that, you know, we've lost them. And so, I, I don't know. It, I honestly didn't think, I just... Was never expecting it. I don't think I was ever ready, going to be ready for this. Uh, you know, it, which is hilarious. He was like 90 billion <laughs> yeah. years old. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm devastated. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> oh, well, but I do applaud the fact that I saw that outpouring and there's no way anybody else could live to be that old and still have people impressed by them. At, you know, that age, they'd be yelling 
loudly about all the super terrible things they did and people just murmur about him <laughs> so let's lighten things up with some other stuff let's talk about some gaming challenge your imagination to come alive and battle with the creatures of dungeons and dragons 52 you shot my battleship It's Operation, the Wacky Doctor's Game, where you're the Wacky Doctor. Battery's not included. I am doing My turn. Shall we play a game? On the same subject, we went and played some trivia. Oh. <laughs> you forgot about that. I was like, he forgot. Jordan, I woke up <laughs> last week, and I... I needed to sleep before work. I sleep like a half hour and I wake up and look at my phone. Your spidey senses were tingling. Yes, mm-hmm. clearly. I was like, I feel like somebody messaged me or something. I look at it and Jordan has messaged. It's Marvel. It's in honor of Stanley dying. It's Marvel night at trivia. Like, I was like, crap, I'm off to get in the phone booth. <laughs> So this is the pizza restaurant that does yeah. the, the weekly trivia. And it's not even pop culture. It's, there's a lot of history. And, you know, oh, it's, my it's God. Not, no, yeah. there's a lot of Indy 500 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> geography. So, yeah. so my brother, Coach Mayer, and his wife were wanting to go. And they've been talking about, well, when's a good week for just us yeah. to go? He's like, you can come if you want. I'm like, okay, cool. I was, I was debating. Okay, yeah, I can go do some trivia. Right. And then you're supposed to check their Facebook page. They give a, they give away an answer right. before. Mm-hmm. And there it is in black and white. And I understand, Lee, we're going to do all Marvel. I was like, hold the phone. We're boom. We're, play Thunder. We're walking in the door. <laughs> he came, we, when Jordan came in, they, it was like there were saloon doors. <laughs> he pushed them open. Everybody stopped and stared, dropped their shot glasses. There was a big to do. Yeah. As soon as I saw that message, I, I checked out. I was like, I'm no help. Oh. <laughs> well, Jesse knows how this goes. I'm going to go, we'll get into slightly more detail when I go and get, you know, not bury the lead. This was our first perfect score. <laughs> it's the first perfect score we've ever witnessed. And, and it was, of course, us. Right. Um, the, they weren't gimmies. No. They were not gimme questions. We yeah. expect, I honestly expected super easy gimme movie. Yeah questions although it was also the only time i've seen multiple teams leave before the end <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it was the second question i hear is team seven still here where team seven go oh wow. team seven bolted. Right, yeah. and then as i had another half hour another team leave yeah. they knew their like, goose was <laughs> cooked <laughs> out <laughs> um yeah so were, i think it went from like 10 to either six or seven by the end of the night right who was left yeah we we Chain, when, there was three questions that we a- actively changed the answer <laughs> from what they had. Mm-hmm. I, we would go up and say, that's not the answer. You went full nerd on them, Yeah, didn't you? we were like, eh, that's a no. Uh, yeah. Technically. Right. We definitely, the, what I remember specifically was, the question was, what, uh, oh, in issue, Amazing Spider-Man, issue 236, is that right? 36 yeah. or 38? Yeah, 236. Uh, 236. I know what they did. But in 236, 
what uh, national tra- tragedy was this about? You know, was it a tribute to whatever? And it was not, it was 9-11. What other tribute would it be? But, you know, we went up, you know. Yeah, immediately. I'm like, uh, that's not right. 36. Right. Which I say it's probably volume two. It was two, volume two, yeah. Uh, so, you know, whatever. And then that. when they said, they reread the question and were like, uh, Spider-Man 36. And I heard somebody go, no, what? Wait. I was yeah. like that made all that made a big yeah, difference. Yeah. Big, they, they That's why I went up there yeah, and said that. I said that I was like actually I was like you guys it was uh, volume two number thirty six and they all oh, they hated it because that was like that was already like the second or third question we were correcting them on. I think it was the was the second or third question was about this character and his Howling Commandos. Yeah, oh, yeah. Blah, blah blah blah. And blah. I was like Nick Fury, and I went up there and the, and the guy shook his head no, and I thought he was talking to somebody else because like, oh, you don't no, say no. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> And he was like, that's not right. I was like, you need to get your phone back out, buddy. It is Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Well, what he was going on was the first Avenger, Captain right. America. In the movie. Wow. They so we him. made, they had to change their questions after they would ask them to, they're like, actually, you know, okay, we've been corrected. They hated us. They were super upset. And that was what we were going for. Yeah, that's where we were laughing. By the end of the, the, the night, they're like, they're never doing this again. No, 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 no. <laughs> That, that's what it is, though, now. In the last 10 years, everybody thinks they're a Marvel expert. Yeah. And then we show up. Then the saloon doors open. <laughs> we should have named, we should have named our team the gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You want to come in here? So, so how did everyone else stay? When we fair? went into the last question, it was a three way tie. Yeah. Really? There were several people who had gotten them all. So mm-hmm. I, and not people who shop in my store. So I'm not sure where oh. they're getting all this comic knowledge. I didn't recognize anybody. But the last question was matching up the colors of the Infinity Stones with what stones they were. Oh, you know, so what the names of them were. So it was just it was they, movies. They gave could, us all, yeah, the Soul Stone, the Power Stone. They was, gave us all that, and they gave us six colors. You just had to match them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we, you know, we bet it all. Are they the same in the movies? Is they're it different, was, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But they, the thing was, this was if the crowd. Which would mostly just be movie people mm-hmm. had I think, the ability. I think they said specifically in the from the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. specifically. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, but we regained that coupon. We got a, Ooh, we got right. a large Free pizza. pizza coming back. So yeah, well, I don't know what the perfect score was. 160. Is uh, that right? Yeah, 80 times 2, 160. Yeah, uh, yeah I like how you act like I can't. <laughs> <do that. laughs> I did not know how many. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it was very satisfying for us to have got all those right. And, it, and like I said, they were not a bunch of gimme questions. And so it wasn't, it was nice that it wasn't just a cakewalk to the end. Um, anyway, that was great. Some more gaming news. I've been playing Red Dead. I probably played like 50 hours of it, of the new one. And everybody's complaining that you have to ride your horse around a lot. Well, guess what? I like riding my horse around a lot. I like petting it and feeding it. And, you know, you have to do all it. It's not like it used to be. You actually have to feed your horse and pat it and calm it down and do all these things. Well, you know, I like my freaking pretty horses. And mm-hmm. so I have to make, blow room, up with make room in my stall and lay dynamite all around them and blow them up so I can get a new horse. It's a weird game, guys. Super weird. <laughs> It's got a few bugs, but that's what I love about it. <clears throat> a lot so you of fun. seem to still be into it. it. Yeah, you know, fifty hours hasn't 
No. Hey, you know, I'm doing a lot of the extra things now. I kind of burnt through some of the story and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm at, I think I'm only at like 40 some percent of the actual story. And now I've kind of slowed down and started doing the side things, trying to do hunting and all that kind of stuff. So trying to make it last longer. And it's, it's good. Got all kinds of cool horses. Killed all the dumb ones. And then we played some Dragon Age. We had old, old original Jesse came back for his second oh, guest starring session. Klimp Clattenburg came back, and he had a rough he had a rough sesh, guys. <laughs> his uh, his goat Steve <laughs> got ate by a dragon. And that's bad. Um, and he said, well, what was funny was, uh, they've never even seen a dragon in this game. We've been playing for four years. It's called Dragon Age. We've been playing for four years. I like the slow. <laughs> it's not, that's the Game of Thrones method. Like, right. Tease yeah. the dragon. I totally, like, have drug it out forever. Seriously. Four years. Nobody has, in the main group has died, and they never saw a dragon. And then in, Jesse's first session, we had a character die. In his second session, we finally saw a dragon. Um, he he called. He thought he saw a dragon at the beginning of the session. He called it a winged rabbit because <laughs> it was in the garden. Anyway, Jesse's a, a funny guy. Um, and then uh, and, and his goat got killed, and his brother got killed. So he had a rough time. And then that sounds got, like a bad day. Yeah, and then he got kidnapped at the end. Mm. So Jesse's gone, and we're officially naming the search. It, well, Clint Clattenburg is out there somewhere. We're calling it the search for Jesse, and so that's their goal now. Whatever. I feel like that's what we call this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Search for Jesse's. Right. Search for Jesse's. Uh, that's the name of the show. This, like and share five stars. Uh, we are. Uh, where so now the next few months are we're searching for Jesse. So months, just months or weeks? I, I like to throw it around. I was okay. one of the players asked me tonight, uh, is anybody coming this session? I was like, We have a special guest. They're like, Is it Jesse? Is it Jesse? I was like, Well, if you find him it will be <laughs> <laughs> So I, t- I just I, like to imagine Jesse will like stay with you. He was in the basement. You right give now. It, like you give yeah. him a spare room. He is being super quiet downstairs <laughs> right now. Uh, he can come up at any more. You find him, he'll be here. But well, I explained it to Jesse. I was like, Jesse, if they find you, you'll come walk in the door, and they will, it will blow their minds. Trust me. I was like, so it's gonna be super cool. He's 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 way into it. He's just glad I didn't kill him off. <laughs> he wants to come back. So so it's definitely gonna happen. Um. So anyway, we're gonna have a new special guest this weekend. Who? It's we're gonna have. <laughs> Jordan Lowe is going to play some RPG. My first time ever. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to go all Jughead on you. So he sent me, I'm a dwarf. Yeah. So you are. And he looked like a short Brendan Gleason from Braveheart. <laughs> so I wanted to name him Hamish. <laughs> Seth doesn't say that's not really a dwarven name. Uh, he, can na- he can name the goat Steve, but yeah, I can't you be can, Hamish. You can be whatever you want to be. 
Anyway, so we're going to play that in a couple of days. We'll tell you, we'll fill you guys in next episode. Or well, I said I would just be Brennan Gleason's son. Don't. Don't. That would be a great name. You should do that. <laughs> anyway, I can't wait to get it all set up tomorrow. Are you nervous? I am. I have no clue what to expect. <laughs> oh, I'm lighting a candle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I do expect is candles. Um, all right. An ab, ab grease. <laughs> yeah, you're going to plop. Sliding These in. guys are going to be sitting here and you're going to plop in yeah. into the bunker. Where'd that ladder come from? <laughs> uh, all right, guys, let's do some movies. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under Ruth! said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. Ha! 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 Hey, the Joker laugh reminds me. You saw they have an official title for Birds of Prey? It won't... I saw something about that, but what is it now? It was weird. Yeah, February seventh, mm-hmm. twenty twenty. So we got, okay. we got, got a little ways, while. We got a little ways so a it while. comes out. Uh-huh. The title has officially. There's no colon, but there is a. Mm. Uh, a there will be. Uh, by what do you call that? Parentheses. Parentheses. There you go. Yeah. Birds of prey. Parentheses. And the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, I knew it was very Harley. That is the actual mm-hmm. movie title. I like it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <clears throat> Why not? And it's directed by Kathy Yan, who I had never heard of, so I clicked mm-hmm. on her name. This is only her second feature film. She's done a couple of shorts, but she did a movie called Dead Pigs that had Zazie Beats in it. It was Domino from Deadpool mm-hmm. 2. But this is a brand new filmmaker. Hmm. Making a pretty marquee title. Yeah, why not? Have you seen the cast? Does everybody know who's in that movie? I forget. Margot Robbie is Harley. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the Huntress. Journey Smollett Bell is Black Canary. Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya. I did see that. I remember that. Yeah, the question. Uh, Ella J. Basco, I don't know who that is, is Cassandra Kane. And Ewan McGregor is the Black Mask. Uh, I did see you. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's who's the black mask? Tell me all about him. Uh, kind of a crime boss. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, Batman villain. Where's yeah, a, where's a something? Yeah, a black mask. <laughs> <laughs> a something. <laughs> a something. I'll send you up, Cliff, to share your DC knowledge. <laughs> no, he's a he's a you know mid card mid card batman villain he's been in a lot of stories a lot of the recently seems like a lot of the animated movies who have a little bit part in there but yeah you know mob boss crime boss you know all that stuff he's a batman villain cool so yeah it sounds like what the the emancipation Mm -hmm. that sounds like you know she's left the joker right yeah cool we can guess the plot i guess Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw the, uh, I shared with you guys the other day, the uh, the Aquaman movie. There's going to be, a, uh, you'll be able, uh, Amazon Prime members can can see it early in select theaters. I thought that was pretty yeah, I'm cool. I'm sure you got to go to Columbus. At the yeah, I'm sure place. you do, but I mean, that's kind of a neat thing. Let's they did, people they, out. Did that they a, selected our theater? Yeah, they did that with a couple other things. Hmm, did they? If, can they, 
They can't make me do this, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> a drone's going to come pick right. you up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I'm afraid to go outside for fear I have to watch Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I saw the preview before I watched something a couple weeks ago. And, I, and like a you know full two and a half minute preview or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I decided in that two and a half minutes that I was not going to see Aquaman. Oh, man. I This was a movie I, I thought was... It, I expected to be utter crap, but My man, but they're they're five and a half minute, you know, they put out there. I was I was like, yeah, maybe that's it. Two minutes, yeah, crap. Now, five, five minutes, that's where it gets. Five, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> Two hours, kill yourself. <laughs> that's the sweet spot. It just looks not great <clears throat> to me. I want it to be good. He's just so. Not if you hear a lot of buzz and positive reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, if people like it, yeah, I'll go. I'll probably I'll be on vacation after Christmas, and if you know if everybody's saying it's great, mm-hmm. you guys say it's good, I'll go watch it. But oh, you know, Michael's going to call and be like, "Let's go watch it." He's just like, that's right. just it. The only reason I saw Justice League mm-hmm. was because of because of that. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'll pick you up." Yeah, you know, we're all going that type of thing. He'll we're have his go orange shirt be- on. We were all going to get some beers and wings before. I was like, "Okay, now that now yeah, I'm yeah. listening." Then we went and saw it, and the screen was like falling off the wall, and it was a terrible experience. <laughs> Michael was sobbing the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. sick. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he did a few burpees, got over it. We. Uh, <laughs> But I, uh, <laughs> anyway, if I hear it's great, I'll go. He's just so broy. I don't like broy Aquaman. I don't just like him. Like you look at that guy, and I think he ought to be something. Yeah, he wasn't. He was never what would have been. He would have been my for Aquaman, but my, what he should be something. Hawk, yeah, yeah, Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. he should have. <clears throat> right. It, it, I was never big into the 90s Aquaman with the, the hook hand and the beard and all that. I like that classic 70s ride the seahorse. Right. You know. Right. I'm telling you, that's what we're going to get by the end of it. He's oh, got the orange shirt and the, the no green doubt. pants I've and already, the fins. I've and, already ordered the seahorse. Oh, man, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, I saw Black Klansman. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's in my queue. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it's not bad. Spike Lee, uh, Dental Washington's son, something Washington, something Washington, Senior Washington, Senior, Senior. Junior. Junior, 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 Junior Washington, <laughs> Junior Washington. Um, write that down. And uh, Kylo Ren, it's in there too. Um, that's pretty good. I I liked it. I. I think I was telling you guys I wished I would have saw it in the theater. Sold it. It was a fine movie, whatever. I don't, you know, it's not going to be like way up on my list or anything this year. But the last, the epilogue would have been like, I mean, it was a punch in the gut just watching it in my living room. But it would have been something in the theater. Like I, I was trying to picture what that would have been like in the theater because it almost brought me to tears. Setting in my home. And you can, you know, I'm not, I'm going to go ahead and tell you because it's not a surprise really. You know, it's a, it's about racism, the whole movie. And at, at the end, they show just some real world, world footage of what we've had to deal with in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And as much as you think, yeah, yeah, to really see it after watching that movie and really see it, I can only imagine what it would look, look like in a movie theater seeing this news footage. And what it would, 
I mean, it just would shut everybody up. Well, that's but the issue is though the 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 folks that you know it would shut up will never would never experience that they would never yeah. go see it. That's true. They probably wouldn't see it first of course. But it it was I I do have I do have to fault the movie for so I never liked the pretense. I know it's supposed to be a true story, but I sat there and watched it with my son, and I was like, this makes no sense. It's supposed to be about the first black cop in Colorado Springs, and he is becomes a detective and is going to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan by call he calls them and tries to join over the phone and then has to send a white guy and he does the voice on the phone it's like so you need a white guy to join the Ku Klux Klan why did we ever need you at all (laughs) you know it makes no sense whatsoever and but it was good it's pretty good so we got we have to promo the 2018 Poobah Awards. Are coming oh yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. the, I've been watching before a lot. before uh, you know in a few weeks time. I mean, this, we're yeah. into awards season we, we right do now. It, we, we do it at the end of January. Right, then, in January I have so time. You have had time to, to see all, all the recent movies. I'm at 63 before the Oscars come. Before the Oscars, we right. get the Poobah Awards. That's We've right. done that the last few years. Count them down. Seth counts down all the movies he watched this year. And it's always a good time. And I've learned a lot of movies that I'd like to see. I, I, I'm i going to tell you up front that I happen to know Jordan is doing uh, a more extensive watch than he has in previous I'm years. I'm trying to be yeah, somewhat so, useful. So <laughs> he has stepped into the analog machine and gotten a disc subscription to Netflix. <laughs> I told somebody that today. So they were talking about what they've been up to. They, oh, I got a Hulu. I, I had Hulu for a while, but I switched to this. I was like, let me tell you where I'm at. <laughs> I just got a disc mailed to me. <laughs> and he like, he froze. He's like, I forgot Netflix ever did yeah. that. Uh, yeah. They you're, still do that? Like, he was flummoxed. You're living in 1998. <laughs> uh. But I'm telling you, it's great. Yeah, it is great. It's great. It was you get a free month. Go to Netflix, click a tab you've never clicked on before that says DVD. Mm-hmm. You can sign up for a free month, and it's all the new stuff. I just got eighth grade. Checked it out. That's yeah. going to be high on the Poobahs list, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I might do that every year, November, December. Mm. You know, you get all these because when the Oscars come out, the Independent Spirit Awards, the Golden Globes, I never have seen these movies yet, right? Because I don't red box, and they're not available to stream a lot of places. Unless you're, you know, buying you know, on demand or whatever, yeah, and yeah. I'm way too cheap to do that. Yeah, so, so send me so I'm discs. excited about the list this year. Uh, you know, you had seen like 15 or 20 last year. Uh, I'm expecting more. You know, so we'll see. But the reason I signed up for that is because I'm getting toward the end of the hundred essential movies. Oh mm-hmm. man, as found on lowwords.wordpress.com. <laughs> You talk over every time. That's my cue. <laughs> I know when I'm supposed to talk. So, yeah, I'm down to really the wire here. So I ended September at 72, which mm. is three quarters of the way through the year. Man, that mm, it's creeping up. Slipped the skates off. And like my normal pace i got nine in october i, I think, think you're gonna say i nine. think the last four months i've got nine were movies you on. riding a half pipe <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were you doing <laughs> i was eating fizzy rocks <laughs> so i'm at 91 or sorry 81 oh man i thought whew. 
So I got nine. That leaves me nineteen That's last two good. months. That's nine mm-hmm. one month, ten yeah. one month. I just gotta you can do get it. over the Ooh. hump. So this uh, October was my month of epics. I got some of the really long ones out of the way. Okay. Uh, I started with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not a long one, but mm-hmm. a great one. Yeah. One of our favorites. Then I went to Titanic, which I had never seen before. What? Are you serious? Somehow oh my gosh. I got through the 90s having never seen Titanic. Wow. It was fine. I liked it. Yeah. I knew everything that happened. Well, I would think, you know, yeah. The boat sank. We all did. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> I knew Billy Zane and all his jazz. Then, um, not from 1931, City Lights, the Charlie Chaplin movie, mm-hmm. as the tramp, you know, his famous yeah. character. Uh, I'd never really seen the Charlie Chaplin movie, so it was fun to watch. This one, uh, it's, it's very famous for a boxing match he does. And it's just a hilarious, like, is that five, the only one on the list of his? Because uh, I always Chaplin, hear Gold Rush is. Yeah, this is the only Chaplin oh, movie. Okay, go on. So. Yeah, he's kind of bouncing around the ring and like hiding behind the referee. And like, I knew I'd seen that clip before. It's very famous. Um, and I, it, it was funny. I mean, physical slapstick humor does not age whatsoever. Yeah. Even though, you know, a lot of the other stuff does. But mm. yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson movie. Yeah. I'd seen several times before, but it's a good one to rewatch. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm hmm. That was 1969. That's the same year the Wild Bunch came out. So that's, you know, we had decades of westerns that were kind of by the numbers, and these were the two that kind of pushed westerns forward a little bit. And it was Paul Newman and Robert Redford's first team up. And just that, you know, I think this is where, uh, you know, Lethal Weapon or Bad Boy, you know, any of the buddy action yeah. movie, yeah, this yeah. Is, I think that's where this started. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Lawrence of Arabia, another one I hadn't seen. Oh, you finally Ooh. did that. I've it, never seen it. It took me about four nights just in, painful. in chunks. It, it, it's, I said, they're not bad. It's just, you know, movies are different. They don't make movies like that anymore. They have intermissions and stuff. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. And it was good. There's a, lo- a little bit of, like, you know, that British thing of, like, ah, bloody savages. You know, we've got to colonize them. You know, that, that's kind of British superiority. But then it turns on its head that... You know, he, he goes native, basically, mm. and is, you know, but again, it's still like, oh, the wonderful British man has, has led us to victory and all this stuff, so <laughs> there's a little bit of that, but I don't know, I'm glad I watched it. I'm so, yeah. not my favorite thing. Hold but, that over me. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it was The Godfather and Godfather Part Two, both of them on the list. I just watched, I watched Godfather six or eight months ago, and then Godfather Two like two weeks ago. What do you think? I, I, it's it's weird rewatching it, like talking about knowing the Titanic. Like you, every scene of The Godfather, you know it. It's been either parodied or quoted by somebody. It, it it's it's so crazy iconic. There's nothing in that movie that's a surprise anymore. Even though I haven't watched it in probably ten years, it's it's weird that a movie can be that dissected and that well known. Right. And I, do you have an opinion on Godfather Two? A lot of people are like, oh, it's even better than the first. I like the first one better. I do too. I said, even though two is a little more, there are more surprises in it. It's yeah. not like that. One's a little more familiar, but two, I don't know. Felt, De Niro was just kind of doing an impression, right? Yeah, one's just tighter. Of, one's yeah. just a tight story. Yeah. And then finished up on Halloween, watching Psycho. 
Wow, it's been so long since I saw that. And I, looking at this poster, I had a few in my mind when I wanted to watch it. Mm. Like, oh, surely they'll play Psycho October. So I'm, October starts, I'm checking all the classic movie channels. Like, they're not playing Psycho. No one's playing Psycho. And like, it's like the last week of October. Like, how have they not played this movie? And I caught it. It was on BBC America one night. (laughs) They played The Birds and Psycho and some other Hitchcock. And I missed like half of it. I'm like, no! Psycho! I've been waiting all month! (laughs) And then like they re-ran it again like at midnight or something. Mm. So I caught it again. But yeah. uh, I hate using the word classic over and over again. But But knowing... uh, I mean, obviously, it's probably hard to watch it the first time without knowing the end. But... You know, no, obviously knowing the end, how's it hold up nowadays? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the, the psychology is a little iffy. Where it's like, ah, <laughs> his brain cracked. You know, it's like they don't, they don't have a real good grasp on what would make a guy do this. Right. But I, I, it, I, it was pretty groundbreaking. I, yeah, I can't imagine going into that movie, nineteen sixty. You know, this is Dick Van Dyke era. Mm-hmm. You know, and seeing a woman brutally murdered. Yeah, you know, and again, very famously. Uh, Shower scene. Janet Lee, that, that she's the big, mo- she's the biggest name in the movie. She gets killed off a half hour into it. Yeah, a movie had never done that before, and a very graphic scene that, at least in your head, is very graphic. Mm. It doesn't show anything. The knife, you know, never shows the knife going into her skin or anything. But yeah, just one of those that scenes. Kool-Aid running down through the <laughs> the drain there. So even if you've never seen Psycho, you, you know the re 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 like that's just one of those most known pop culture images of all mm. time. So yeah, it's it's not the best Hitchcock movie, but yeah, for a good you know, a Halloween where we learn, you know, that begat, you know, the slasher films that followed. So right. it's an important one to see. If you have a poster. Right. Yeah. Especially. Yep. <laughs> or if you go to low words low words dot word <laughs> <dot> com. <laughs> I write about all these eventually. I was a little late this. I think I just put September a couple of days ago, but I'll get to it. It's a lot of words. Quit hounding him. I went and saw a movie today. Creed two. Yeah, I heard it was good. Tell me all about it. I only saw uh, half of Creed one. Seriously, I never mm-hmm. saw Creed one either. Yeah, I think I said before it was the last movie I saw with my mom before she died. We mm-hmm. took her to the theater, and you know, it was so I like had that hanging over my head thinking before I go watch this. But um, I really liked the first one, and I liked it better on rewatch. I mm-hmm. watched it a couple weeks ago, um, and I, I was like, hey, Ryan Coogler is a really good director. You know, did Black Panther. Um, Michael B. Jordan's yep. great. He's even bigger in this one. Like he, he, they must have. They maxed out how big you can get Michael B. Jordan. To he be. can't fit through a shower. No, he nope. would. Tamu broad shoulders. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, I thought it was pretty good. How I does like the it, first one better? How does it compare to Rocky Four? I mean. Is a different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, that means not as well. Well, see? no, it's a totally different I, bird. It's a much more modern movie than 
Rocky Four is so eighties. It's just an eighties oh, American Cold War montages everywhere. Yeah, it's great. there's some montages in mm-hmm. here. Don't worry. Did you see Dolph Lundgren on Colbert the other night? I did not. He just he wasn't a guest. He just came on. They, he yeah. played a character. I can't remember what it was. Something to do with He-Man? Russia. Oh, it, <laughs> it's like we have a Russian, so, you know, yeah. athlete yeah. trainer or whatever, and out comes Dolph Lundgren. And of course they they work in the script so he says all his famous lines. I must break you. They said you. something about uh, Donald Trump. He's like, is that his his natural hair color? He's like, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> and of course, all I can think of is Cliff Barnes' amazing Dolph Lundgren impression. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they it wasn't perfect. They tried. They definitely were trying to, you know pander to the Rocky Four crowd. So how much screen time does Lough Lundgren have? Is it just a cameo, or is he a, a fleshed-out character? He's a character. Hmm. Good. Um, it's He's not huge, but he is the, he's there, and he is uh, a character in the movie, for sure. And I, and I like what he was, but I didn't like some of that the line stuff. There was a lot of him saying those lines. Oh, where, where, where is Rocky? Where is Rocky to you? Like, I know some folks that, I mean, they love Rocky movies. I think it's Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Pennsylvania. (laughs) I Um, love Rocky. I grew up on Rocky. Is it pretty high for you? I remember, like, I have memories of watching Rocky movies on New Year's Eve. I remember, Mm -hmm. like, we would get together with this other family. I remember me and these other boys sitting in a room watching Rocky movies all night, you know. I like Rocky. Mm. It was on my poster. Yeah. The first one. That's right. Yeah. But I, I mean, <laughs> Rocky yeah. Four is on the post. Yeah, this is Tommy Gunn. <laughs> I was like Rocky Five. <laughs> yeah, I like Rocky Five. I may be the only person that likes Rocky Five, but I do. Uh, the street fight. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that. I thought I hate to complain about the crowd, but I've got I'm gonna complain about. Something. <laughs> yeah, I got in there, and this guy came in late, and he was so mad, and. Like I was, he came in and he was like had a tap out shirt on in the first place. He comes in late, sits down right across the aisle from me, kicks the back of the seat. He's so pissed off that he's late. Throws his keys on the ground, <laughs> smashes them down. Turns his phone on, and I'm like about ready to say something. Except he's enormous, <laughs> sir. You're gonna tap. He's out. You're Rocky. You're and Rocky in that and moment. I was just like, you listen here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really want to say something to this guy, but he's like seven times as big as me. And he turns his phone on, and it was such a, like, I was so bewildered by it because he had it on the screen where he could adjust the brightness. And, like, he was purposely going to turn the brightness down in his fit. And then he had it on that screen lit up, lighting the whole theater up with yeah. it while he ate nachos. <laughs> I was like, are you turning down that brightness or not? I didn't know what to do. He had to it go was, to see his nachos. I don't know. It was weird. Mm-hmm. And he settled down eventually. Got over it, but <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Anyway, whatever. It was pretty good. It, it had its pandering throughout, but still. I always kept waiting uh, for the music to kick yeah. in certain mm-hmm. points. And, yeah. Again, I think Michael B. Jordan's good. Rocky was Rocky, and... Drago was Drago, uh, hmm. so you'll like it. Yeah. Um, you got out to the theater, didn't you? Oh, you did. Yes. Go see you and yeah. you and Carly go to your room, Carly. Yeah. 
She didn't have to stay in her room. We went to the theater. Cool. We saw uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, of course, the uh, Queen biopic. Now, the first thing I, I will admit, I am a pretty bit. I have been a Queen fan for a long time. Um, now everyone. When yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about gatekeeping. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> gay keeping. <laughs> but, uh, when, when I was younger and in, you know, high school and in, in my twenties, when everybody was listening to, you know, hip hop and grunge and all that stuff, uh, we listened to a lot of Queen. We I had love a, Queen. Yeah. I so I, I was, I've been anticipating this movie coming out for a long time and really excited about it and just hadn't had the chance to get out and see it. Um, I was, you know, kind of, we talked earlier. I was a little worried about it, thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, just a big puff piece and yeah. cookie cutter biopic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I will say I did enjoy it. Remy Malik um, plays Freddie Mercury in it, and he's really good. Really? He's That's really what I've good. heard. I he, heard that they he sent an audition tape to them. To the band because yeah. the band's super involved in it. That's that's one thing that made me leery. Like they're not going to say too much bad about no, them no, no, because they were so involved in it. And it, but that he sent an audition of him singing, mm-hmm. and they never saw it. Like something happened with the transmission, and they didn't get to see it. So when they did, when he did audition for them live or whatever. He, they had never seen him mm-hmm. before, and he didn't know that or whatever. But they were really blown away. Yeah, by yeah. He was he, he was excellent. I, I mean, there are a couple scenes in it where you almost have to take a double. Like you forget, you know, it's an actor yeah, portraying. Not, yeah, yeah, Freddie. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, you come out of it feeling pretty good. It did exactly what I thought it was going to do. It starts. I knew it would end at Live Aid. Mm. 85 Live Aid, the Queen performance is highly considered one of the greatest rock performances ever anywhere on the planet. So I knew that was probably going to be the ending of it, and that's pretty much what happened. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, as, as far as those type of movies go, um, I was saying my, my son took his girlfriend to see it like the first week he came out. He had come home, told me he really liked it. Um, he likes Queen, you know as much as a 18 year old does um these days and he he said he really liked it he had an experience in the theater he said there was an older couple Tell sitting, all about sitting down in in you know like a seat away from him in, in the same row in a, in their tap out shirts <laughs> and he said yeah he said he's like he's like you know they were like in their 50s it was like they lived through this they should have known you know every time there was like you know two men kissing on the screen they were like oh my gosh i can't i can't believe they put this in this movie i what are we watching and just like you know verbally putting it out there and he and he you know him as a girlfriend they're you know they're 18 they're kind of immature and they're they're giggling at these old people you know like oh cute you know you're so old and you're, <laughs> you're so old old people you're backwards ways but um but yeah carly actually carly went and saw it she uh i i just I didn't say anything during the movie because I was afraid Seth may be lurking somewhere and would yell at me. <laughs> Shut up! Yeah. Um, he'll pop out at you at any time. 
Right. Um, I'll like force feed you the rest of your popcorn. Yeah, we didn't get you popcorn because you know uh, you never know. But uh, we saw it in Marietta. We saw it because uh, it's been out for a while. You know that little t- teeny tiny little theater That's on the seven. end. Yeah, seven ended up in there. But we were the only ones in the theater, so we had the whole place to ourselves. Kind of spread out. We could do whatever we wanted. Um, except, 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 except eat popcorn. Except eat popcorn. I might be there at one. Yeah, at one point I pulled out my phone. I was I was like, ooh, you know, I don't want to turn the brightness up or anything. I'll be there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought everybody in it was fine. Um, it, it gives you little touches on what you expect. You know, the beginning of the band. Freddie becoming Freddie, Freddie um, writing songs, uh, concert footage, and uh, how they made it big. There's a scene, though, Mike Myers is in this movie. Mm. And Mike Myers plays um, an older record, record executive. And he has a line where they had went and recorded Bohemian Rhapsody. And um, it's the B-side of the record. And the record company wants to release this song that the drummer wrote called I Love My Car mm-hmm. that the band hates. The other three members hate this song. And, and he's, you know, he says it's six minutes long. No radio station's going to play it and all this, you know. There's no way this will ever do anything. And he says, and they're trying to convince him. And Mike Myers finally, he said, this just isn't a movie that you're going to listen to in your car on the radio and bang your head to. <laughs> <laughs> so nice, yeah. So I liked it. Yes, yeah. if I may go watch it on vacation here this yeah. week, if I run it's out worth of stuff it. to watch. I went and saw that movie Widows. Steve Mc, Steve McQueen director. I think he did Twelve Years a Slave. It's a like a heist movie, but it's super serious and well acted. And I think I'll probably go see it again here in the next week or two because I was kind of tired when I saw it, and I don't. Like I was totally tuned into it, but I liked what I, you know, saw. And it's just well acted and well directed. He can shoot a movie, and it's good, good stuff. All right, I should do it for some movies. Let's stream. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. One of the best movies of the year just came out on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I have. Of course, we're talking about Kurt Russell in the uh, <laughs> new Santa Claus, right? Right, right. right. I assumed as much. <laughs> you gonna do? You gonna do something else, or just stand there and bleed? Yeah, <laughs> the Coen Brothers, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I feel like we talked song. about a long time ago. We yeah. heard that was supposed coming. to be a TV series. Yeah, so it was six. It was six chapters basically. Made up one movie, a little over two hours, and each one was completely different. Had different sets of actors, a different story. There was no real through line to it, so it felt like a six episode series. But it was they called it a movie. Cliff, one of the best parts mm-hmm. I thought of you. Uh, one of them. James Franco oh boy. jumps over the bank partition in a bank robbery and in his duster 
Oh, yeah, I thought, and he just looked so cool. I was like, Cliff would love this. Yep. Great you know moment. me so well. I know. I bet he turned around and grinned right for the camera. Oh, man. He didn't really look like Franco. Like, no. it took me a second. Like, that's that's Franco, right? Because he, he wasn't prettied up at all. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. looked, he looked like wasn't a grizzled eating, cowboy. eating his own face? No. <laughs> a little less. <laughs> it was like he had already eaten it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we had James Franco, Tim Blake Nelson, David Crumholtz, Clancy Brown, Stephen Root, Liam Neeson, Tom Waits, Zoe Kazan, Brendan Gleeson, Hamish, and Tyne Daly, Hamish. among many, many other actors. Is she Cagney or Lacey? I don't remember. I've never wanted to know. It's like Zach and Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so each, uh, my main uh, advice, if you haven't watched it yet, all the trailers and things say, from the creators of True Grit and No Country for Old Men. Well, that's it's not that. Yeah. It should have said, from the creators of Old Brother, Where Art Thou? It is much more that feeling. There are some more outlandish comedy or broad, you know, silliness. But then there's there's some dark stuff too. But it is not a serious, realistic western by any no, stretch. No. It is more like parables or, or mm-hmm. you know, you know, old west mythology kind of deals. It's the most like when you think of a storybook western look. It's like, this is their talent, like, to put something on screen that is so beautiful and so, you know, just picturesque Western. Like, I, I was talking about with Nick uh, in the Zoe Kazan one, the one guy, you know, just the, they're sitting there on their, their horses, the two cowboys, and the older guy's horse just constantly flops his head and like he's trying to shake off a fly like they had to have had a got a horse that did that so because it's such a western horse thing to have one of them doing that it's just like everything was i don't know stereotypical western things or whatever but beautifully done you know i i love the look of it and yeah the first one tim blake nelson is uh, the way he speaks, he almost talks like uh, George Clooney and Old Brother, like very verbose and you know uses you know words that no one ever uses. But I was like, oh, the language is so wonderful. Yeah. And there's a couple of them that are just, I just I love the way they use words, and I'm just enjoying it as it's happening. And then they do a Liam Neeson one, and there's barely any dialogue. And then Tom Waits shows up, and he just kind of grunts. And rah, rah, rah. He, he says almost nothing the entire time. So they they can go. It, these were they could have been silent films, right alongside these ones that are just you know beautiful, florid uh, script writing. Yeah, I don't know. I as soon as it ended, I just kind of grinned. I was just like, ah, that happened. I'm just happy that happened, yeah. and I wanted to watch it again like right away. What was your favorites? Wow. Your top two. I, the the Tim Blake Nelson one is when I knew I was in the first the first one the the shocking thing that happens yeah I was just like all right yes I'm in so I loved that I loved the take on like the singing cowboy idea mm. you know that corny fifties right. you know rhinestone cowboy kind of thing but I also I love the Tom Waits one a lot too that speaking of beautiful you know vistas and yeah. just gorgeous looking yeah. My favorite one was the Zoe Kazan one because I I just loved the story. I loved that it had. I mean, there was a couple of them that I was like, "What? Well, what, what?" I mean, I get what they're the message, 
It was just like there wasn't an end, or there wasn't. A- but that's I love that's I love short stories. Yeah, because these you know, they said that one was probably the only one that could have been a feature length right. movie. The it rest of these were end, just you know, little yeah. bite size, just yeah. things. They weren't. They didn't have to mean anything or or, or end up anywhere. So yeah, I, I love that i that idea. I said I feel like the message I was telling. You, I feel like the message of this was just like life's tough. <laughs> Guess what? It's not going to work out for you. And that just felt like that's what they all happened. It was just like, you're going to die. It's going to suck, you know. But it's beautifully told. You could probably say that about any Coen Brothers movie. Right, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really did. Um, uh, I watched a few episodes we'd talked about <clears throat> before it came out. Uh, the new She-Ra. Shira and the princesses. princesses of power, yes, <clears throat> which is getting um, really good reviews. So I watched a few episodes of it, and um, I think it's pretty good. Like I did not think I would like the animation. That's my sticking point. The animation didn't look <coughs> great. But yeah, the the story. whole design of the show itself, I was like, this looks cheap. This looks way too kitty um, for me. I mean, <laughs> Shira and the Princesses of Power is a little too kitty, right? Like hot take. <laughs> you, you know how those '80s cartoons were? They all had that. They look. had some depth to them. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. a look to yeah. it. You know, they didn't look, you know, like a four-year-old drew it. Um, but you know, they've made some changes. This is no longer just a thirty-minute toy commercial like they were back then. And they've, they've changed the origin story a bit. You know, everything is mostly the same. Um, with the exception of, from at least from my memory, um, <clears throat> how she finds the sword. You know, originally it was a crossover movie they did with He-Man as, you know, it, she was his twin sister and he took the sword to her. Um, she had been lost over on this other planet, that type of thing, stolen by the evil horde. Um, in this one, starting out, she, we don't get that explanation. She is an orphan. Have they she, written He-Man completely out of it? Or yeah, there any kind yeah of they absolutely egg? have, okay. at least for now, from what I've seen. Um, in the beginning, we just, you know, we see her, she's being raised by the Horde to be the force captain, you know, the evil army captain, um, so they can vanquish the Whispering Wood to, Further, you know, their cause of taking over the planet is basically, you know, what it is. And, um, <clears throat> but we get a new or, a little bit new origin, how she find, accidentally finds the sword. It's not given to her, discovers what it does, you know, transforms her and, you know, and she's been chosen to be the new She-Ra. There apparently was a She-Ra before her type thing. Um, <clears throat> seem, I'm guessing there's a bigger supporting cast that put them right in the title. Yeah, there's you, other princesses involved. Exactly. So the, they definitely have um, more personality, more depth than what they're doing. And the princesses, they all have a special power, um, also. And Shira doesn't just show up to save the day; like she screws up. Um, you know, and when she transforms, she becomes like an eight foot huge lady with this enormous hair okay so they've added that to it okay. um but yeah i mean all all together i, I just want to say it's good 
Um, if you have little kids, especially little girls, you know, I would sit them down and be like, check it out. That type of thing. Um, so, yeah. And we had new episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 came out on Thanksgiving. <clears throat> this is the one with Jonah Ray? Yes. Okay. Uh, six new episodes, so they're a little under two hours. They play the whole movie. Um, because they always did the famous Turkey Day marathons when mm-hmm. it was on network TV. So they used Thanksgiving to drop new ones. And the first one on there is Mac and Me. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yes. As an E.T. fan, I'm oh, sure you yes. love off-brand E.T. Oh, as well. Loved it. So I, that's like the most known movie I've ever seen them do. Mm-hmm. Like that's People know that movie. That's weird that they would go there. People but, like us know that movie. Well, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one. And did, did we all watch the Adam Sandler stand-up? Yeah, you know, because I can't remember if it was on the podcast or we were talking off-show. Off. Um, we were talking about it because I had watched a, a, about half of it, not quite half of it. It's called 100% Fresh. <clears throat> right. And my first impression was, I like, it's not great. Um, but I went back later, and I, I don't know if I just wasn't in a good mood that first time I watched it or what. Went back, rewatched the entire thing, and loved it. Well, yeah. he's got to deal with Netflix, right? So he's he's cranked out a lot yeah. of a content lot of, yeah. for Netflix. Yeah. But this, as far as I know, is his first stand-up in a long time. I didn't get the vibe that this was a, I have to fill a Netflix yeah. hole. Because yeah. they filmed in a lot of different locations. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he seemed to be on tour. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, well, you know, that, you know that's how they develop an act to go from small venues to bigger and that's what this was it they should foot footage where where when you watch another stand-up thing they try to hide the fact that so many parts yeah. of what you're seeing are from different showings this right. was this was blatantly in your face he would tell the same joke over and over and show right, him, yeah, it would show him mess up yeah, a thing. Oh, up, we start up. over. Yeah. yeah until it's developed into something more funny you know and and yeah, there was a lot of what I mean. I'd say just stupid or gross or off color. And that's Adam Sandler. Yep. I mean, that's what what you sign up for in the first place. That's what we were laughing at twenty years ago. You know, so I you know I liked it. I thought a lot of stuff was the one. My favorite thing is the um, we need a hero, someone to save us song. He kept because the songs were like. 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah, they were very just short yeah. ideas. It was like a, they yeah. were like a Get little punchline. That's yeah. the song. Yeah. Just the punchline. But there, that was one of the longer ones was, you know, he, we need a hero, someone to save us, and he's volunteering even though he knows nothing about whatever. That was hilarious. <laughs> Can anyone fly a plane? Right. <laughs> I'll do it. You go. Yeah. That's hilarious. But yeah. you, you got me to watch it by you said the ending really yeah. hit your nostalgia you know, button, and I, I those last two songs he did were wonderful. It was yeah. not, and it wasn't the first one that blew <clears throat> me away. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I, we won't spoil that, but there there was a nostalgia like a tribute thing with. Well, we got I you know yeah, my, I, mean, I that, gotta say my brother Justin is a huge Chris Farley fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes, Justin, the one listener we have out there, watch at least the last fifteen minutes of this Adam Sandler thing. He does a. Basically, yeah. a song about his buddy Chris Farley. And yeah, it's, it's I mean that out. that song's been out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's that. been out for. I've I'd heard that song before, well, this, but this I'm sure that it came <clears throat> after he'd actually filmed all this stuff and that, and 
that was good. You know, yeah. it wasn't like the best time ever in my life, but it, but it was nice just to see the emotion. It meant he wanted to do a tribute. Yeah. And that was great. And then, but what really got me like, you know, emotional a little bit, yeah, brought some tears was the last song. And I'd heard that song before too, mm-hmm. but just what, what do he you said, guys hear all this Adam Sandler material? I don't, I don't know. You guys are like cutting it. Osmosis <laughs> somewhere. I've heard it. I've heard it. Well, the before. last song is in, um, it must be on something. No, it's on, uh, what's the movie with Drew Barrymore? 50 Wedding States. Singer. Oh, oh, is that, that is what it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and but he had written. I thought it, it was called "100 Percent Fresh." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not songs from 15 years ago. <laughs> well, it was a song he had written for his wife, and but this time when he was singing it, it was it felt like it was just to us, you yeah. know, to and and you could tell he was feeling it. You know, he he the stuff meant something to him, and I don't know if you were ever an Adam Sandler fan, and you like me have kind of lost faith in him over the years this is a nice welcome back at least for this moment you know i I really enjoyed it you know so maybe have some good feels about him again and not feel like he was phoning it in and yeah because that's the knock on him lately has been he just you know he just hurries up and puts out crap and uh, with all his buddies and cashes the check but this seemed like him having fun again at, at comedy right and there was a really good documentary on Netflix. Um, I I mm-hmm. apparently missed the first one. Is the series is called Remastered? So earlier oh. this year, Remastered one was called Who Shot the Sheriff? It's a documentary about Bob Marley. There's an assassination attempt uh, against Bob Marley in 1976. So I had apparently missed that one. Mm. I would I would like to watch it. Sound interesting? But Remastered two is called Tricky Dick and the Man in Black: A Johnny Cash Story. So this was, I think it was right around an hour or so. It's about uh, the 1970 invitation to the White House that Johnny Cash got. And it lays out, you know, the Nixon administration. He was having some troubles connecting to voters. This The whole Southern strategy of winning the South. And it was kind of a cynical move of Nixon to say, we need the hillbillies on our side. Who do they like? Get that Johnny Cash guy. So they could invite him to the White House, shake his hand, and be like, hey, we got a real country and western star here. But he didn't know Johnny Cash all that well. So he asked him to come and sing two songs. He specifically, you know, come to a concert, but I'd really love to hear the two songs, Oki from Muskogee, which is the Merle Haggard song about we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee, mm-hmm. we don't burn our draft cards, we salute the flag, about being a good American. And the other one is a song by a guy named Guy Drake called Welfare Cadillac. And it's about welfare cheats who, you know, I don't have a job and I'm too lazy to work, but I got me a nice Cadillac. And Johnny was torn because he he was never political, but he he had values. He he wasn't he never endorsed a candidate. He never he wasn't a Democrat Republican, but he sung at prisons and you know worried about oppressed people. But he was ultra patriotic and you know would never stand for burning the flag or anything like that. So. He, like most of us, had complex thoughts and feelings about these things. And here is his president asking him to do something. And it's like, well, do I do... That's against really how I... You know, the, a, they're not my songs. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. What, yeah, just invite what a Madonna to, ask to that, come right. sing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you know any Debbie Gibson? You're like, yeah, right. that's just a, <laughs> that's a weird thing to ask. Anyway, shows his knowledge of country music. 
So, yeah, it kind of traces Nixon's point of view there and Cash's point of view. And there's a lot of people from relatives to, to uh, band members and things like that. And so and we get a, his performance of What is Truth, which is a story he had just written there that, again, is a timeless story about old people not understanding the young kids today who are, you know, these kids are going to be running things in a while and we can't dismiss what they think. So right to Nixon's face, he sang a song. He didn't sing those. I'm spoiling the documentary, but yeah, sang a really beautiful song about questioning power and not doing what you're told. So yeah, yeah, I watched it after you oh, uh, really? suggested. Sweet, yeah. it's good. I I thought you were gonna when you said you watched documentary. I thought you were gonna talk about Walt, the man behind the myth. I saw that on there today, <clears throat> and I was like, I bet somebody's seen that. <laughs> yeah, I sat down and watched it, and it's pretty. <laughs> Does it, it, oh, wait, everything's oh, wait, pretty on the surface yeah, about it. Not, it doesn't, doesn't get, get too deep. deep enough. No, yeah, right. we don't. We don't get very deep. <laughs> you in were that like one. typing your rebuttal. Yes, like, yes. dear filmmakers, I believe you have left out too many important details. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for your casual fan, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> he I'm suggested sure. it to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys might learn something. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> the hell, I will. <laughs> I refuse to learn anything. Uh, I watched a couple things I watched. I tried to watch House of Cards season six. Yeah, I haven't gotten into it yet. I, I really have, I've enjoyed all the other seasons. Mm, me too. Yeah. And I, I watched this. I burnt through four episodes, maybe five, and was just like, wait a minute, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> and then I left it for a few days. It came back and tried to watch another episode. And I was like, yeah, I'm still not enjoying this and never returned. Hmm. Um, it's just, Super ridiculous. Um, I always liked that show too. Um, and I watched an entire series on Prime. Sat down, started it, watched the whole thing, one setting. Was Homecoming with Julia Roberts. That one's got a lot of press. They're really pushing that <sighs> it's one. It's good. For Julia Roberts' first kind of yeah, TV she does series. A, she's a really good job. Guess what? Julia Roberts, not a bad actress. Um, <laughs> Kind of a pretty woman. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a, it's super serious. You know, she's playing, um, a, like a counselor that transitions guys coming back from war, trying to help, you know, get them prepared for a normal life and not have to deal with PTSD and all that. And simultaneously, it's showing her work at a diner. A few years later, and it's got it's shit. not a pizza parlor. No, it's not a pizza parlor. No, it wasn't no mysticness. I get what you're saying there, but it's uh, <laughs> it was good. It was like kind of a mystery, like what the heck is going on? You know, you don't know what's going on, and that because Shea Wigo, Malakam, and um, anyway, I really don't want to spoil it. If you have, it's really short. It's on half hour episodes, 10 half hour episodes. If you have Prime, um, watch it. You know, it's good. The music in it is only from other movies, like 70s movies. And it's really interesting. It's got like a 70s vibe to it. A lot of the decorations are 70s and things. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Oh. Or something else. Oh, there's that Romanoff um, anthology series on Prime also that was Matthew Weiner that did Mad Men. 
directed, created and directed, I believe. And it's all, uh, every story, it's, every story has something to do with the Romanov family, um, tangentially, very, you know, distantly, but a lot of good stories. And there's only one episode left that I haven't seen. And I've, I've enjoyed most of it. Anything else streaming you guys watched? Nope. TV. TV. Oh, the Lord. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run. Very run. That's what I do. I dream. And I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what's this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy. Kind of funny looking. Aha. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate. Little pig, little pig. Let me in. These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Movie. We hadn't mentioned it, but did you guys see that um, <clears throat> Kelly Ripa is coming to Riverdale? Mrs. Consuelos? Yes. Dios to, mio. To, uh, to play... Madre de Dios! Yes. To play Hiram's mistress. We're crossing lines. Well, that sounds right. I think this is right. Well, they got Let's their, their son on there, right? Yeah, yeah as well. Yeah. I have the whole fam damnly. And you know what show people love? Mm, Legends of Tomorrow? No. No oh. one loves that one. Oh, just us. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, boy. Here we go. I hate that. It show. has been renewed for season seven. <coughs> They haven't even had season six. Yeah, season was, yeah. six has not premiered yet. They've already renewed it for season seven. Ugh. And I just read an article. Um, there, there's a, a an analytics company, I guess. Parrot Analytics, people who crunch numbers. Uh-huh. They did a report for Screen Rant Nerds. where they looked at <laughs> the brand of different shows, like the reach they have. Yo, mm-hmm. Ratings are so nebulous. Like, it's not the 60s and 70s anymore. You know, it's not just mom and dad in front of the TV. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is stronger than all the Marvel Netflix shows and most of the stuff on TV. It is in the top 0.03% of TV shows worldwide. When you are considering things like, uh, you know, peer, uh, file sharing, peer-to-peer traffic, social media activity, what people are tweeting about and posting about and sharing and streaming. Mm-hmm. This show is toward the top. Of anything I on TV. To believe that. Nobody's on. tweeting about Agents of Shield. That's <laughs> it. I'm on Twitter. I don't see a bit it's of it. The reach of Disney's ABC network. It. They might be so stupid enough you know, to watch. The, it. That's you know, ABC yep. famously was you know wanting to cancel it because the ratings mm-hmm. aren't great. So maybe Disney was looking. Yeah, you know, it's like a baseball. Even I got conned into watching that finale of season five. <laughs> See, you helped the analytics. I know. You're, 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 about yeah, it. and we've been the talking about it. Yeah. Right? They're hearing how many listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa's in there picking all this up too. Probably she's going to tell us that we, Alexa, Shush. ridiculous. No, it's like more like you know, there's baseball teams now. Look into the analytics. It's not just batting yeah. average oh, and yeah. ERA. Like you have to look at you know all the, the the data that's out there and data don't lie. People like the shield, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got them two more seasons. They're abbreviated seasons. They're not full twenty some episodes, but Shield is more Shields. No, Coulson's going to be back in uh, Captain Marvel, right? Right in the flashback. Yeah. Cool. Is that it? And a show no one watches: Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. 
since we haven't talked for a little no bit. No one's favorite. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's plugging along. This series uh this season I was getting a little worried about, which I'm still a little worried about, but I mean story wise I was like, man, the team's kind of depleted and, and Seth leaves the room. Yes. As Seth leaves the room. <laughs> we can talk about anything. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's so uh, minor I've got four episodes we haven't talked about. Okay. Uh, like I, I've been, I keep What's, track. I now I watch TV with a notebook. Yeah, I, I don't have a handy. I don't have Seth's cool notebook. Yeah, but I write all this stuff down just to keep track. And I'm not going to go over every detail of every right, episode, right, right. but I like to keep in my head. So, yeah, we talked about the premiere. And the second episode was the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, we had the Fairy Godmother. I assume <laughs> yeah, you like yeah, Disney. That was good. The Disney Godmother yeah. there. She was the magical creature they were trying to uh, send back to hell. There were a few East Bippity Boppity mm-hmm. oh, Easter yeah. eggs and stuff. Uh, the fun stuff in that one that we had the Bebo blocks yep. on the phone mm-hmm. as an app. And uh, did you notice the the Red Tornado's helmet on the shelf? No, Ma Hunkle's uh, <coughs> pot. Oh yeah, yeah, that the original. On, yeah, yeah. That was on the shelf in the in the ship, like in the. I did not see that. Yeah, it was in the background of one of the scenes I noticed. So. <laughs> That was fun. And after that, we got London in 1977. Yep. Uh, the Queen is at a punk show, <laughs> stage yeah. diving yeah. and stuff. <clears throat> and uh, Ray, who is the resident, you know, straight guy, is uh, he, he decides he's going to be a punk. So this one we have the shapeshifter, who I, th- I thought this, this, was, is... this was the cheapest thing of the season. Yeah, I, did, I do not like this. She shapeshifts into Amaya. Yeah. And then, oh, she gets stuck that way. Yeah. John so, Constantine uses the voodoo magic right. to make her look that, stay so, that way. So we can bring that actress back <clears throat> right. in a totally different role. Because her storyline played out. Yeah. And she but, had to go back to her time. Yeah. But we like that actress. So we're just going to keep her on the show to play a different character. Yeah. Unrelated to anything. I, I, she hasn't, Ugh. I haven't warmed up to her yet. Yeah. I haven't either. No. But that one had the fun little Easter egg. Uh, Gary, they had Taco mm-hmm. Monday at the Time Bureau. Yeah. He said, you have Taco Monday? He says, dare to defy. Yeah. Which is the, <laughs> the CW. CW. Uh, the catchphrase yeah. of CW is dare to defy. Speaking of Easter eggs, this was my favorite maybe ever. Uh, episode four was the summer camp in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, it begins, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah. Yeah. And Ava. Ava. Are laying in bed wanting to watch a movie, and they were watching Swamp Thing. Yeah, Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "How? You know, it's a rubber monster." And it's oh, it was so bad. And too. she quotes, and they 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 ask, you know, I forget. She asks, you know, does anyone like this movie? Whatever. And she said, "Oh, AV Club gave it a D plus review." Yeah. And they said the production design is as lazy as the <clears throat> acting as the action staging. And Sarah goes harsh, which is an actual AV Club review. Oh. Of a season one episode Legends. of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Which is so amazing. And the AV Club, when that happened, they're like, guys, they mentioned us. Yeah. They were so excited <clears throat> that they quoted their awful review of this yeah. show. I mean, as, as bad as people say this show is, the writers are having yeah. so much fun with it. They yeah. are completely taking everything in stride and just like, you know what? We may not be here tomorrow. Let's just do whatever the hell we want to do. At that point, there's nothing to lose. <clears throat> right. Just do whatever you want to do. I mean, a lot of the... A lot of you know superhero shows could really learn a little something from Legends right now. <laughs> and our most recent one was Taguma Attacks. Yes, the Kaiju episode. Right. 
<laughs> which I, about halfway into this, I'm like, eh, I'm yeah. not really into this. But then, then it, the ending <laughs> again it got me back on. Board. Yeah. So there's this Celtic book that this Japanese man who we find out is you know basically the creator of Godzilla. It's Ishiro they, Honda, the real life director of Godzilla. <clears throat> yeah. So they went We've back. Had George Lucas on the show. Now we can have right. So they went back into what was it the fifties nineteen yeah yeah and um, he's found this ancient magic book this Celtic book which if he writes in it the things he writes become real <clears throat> well we've been playing the long game with Mick Rory and his um, his writing stories and he's writing a book his fantasy romance yes. novel <laughs> yes which are completely ridiculous. <laughs> And uh, in order to save the day, Mick has to. We've got this big monster we have to defeat, and um, Mick writes comes up with a hero, and it's this purple, three boobed samurai warrior woman to uh, to fight the kaiju monster. And uh, in the middle of the battle, the the director. From the original director from Godzilla grabs his camera and they're on the they're on the cityscape and it's the first kaiju movie and he's just like it's yeah, beautiful like the, the miniature yeah city they've got the planes flying on the strings and it, it was great there was there a Total Recall quote in there anywhere yeah. three oh, oh with the three boob yeah yeah he but well there was. There was, he, at one point he said I was gonna go with the with I was going to add another boob. And, the, and somebody goes, three was enough. <laughs> well, we also add uh, Nora Dark back to the mix. Yeah. She goes back to magic uh, through the mm-hmm. love of Ray and his, oh, yes. his belief in her. And then we've had that weird food delivery lady show up a couple of times. Yeah. And they, they seem to be wanting to add her to the cast. And just miraculously, she saves the day through <laughs> delivering food. Because the monsters were just yeah. hungry, so and there's food a gr- delivery lady saved the day. There's a great the um, oh, what's the guy that plays Biff? Oh, Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's in the season. He mm. plays one of the heroes' dad, Steel, and um, he's a big government official and military, and and uh, he's kidding around with there at Thanksgiving, and he's and he he th- completely throws out the. Uh, the Biff Tannen line just direct quotes uh, um, let's make like a tree and leave line and I was like oh, yes <laughs> and it's like I don't think that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean it's just fun it's just fun te- superhero television that's what I love just it's great have you been keeping up on Flash at all um, I'm not fully caught up well, that, catch me up again they're sort of a lot of these shows, we introduce the main villain, mm-hmm. and then we spend all season dealing with it. And I, I, that's why I love you know, Legends. Just jumps from here to there. You know, there's, yeah, it's there's all an over. overarching thing, but all the episodes kind of stand alone. You know, I right. can say all the summer camp episode. You know exactly yeah. what it is. Flash isn't quite doing that. We we introduced several characters. You know, Cicada, we said yep, yep. was the main villain. The guy kinda, from American Pie. Yeah, he kind of makes a weird chirping noise, and he has a dagger. That can negate your power, so we don't know where that came from. But we had uh, Block showed up, mm-hmm. who creates the concentrated yeah. jello cubes of air, basically. Right. 
uh, with Sherlock Wells. Have you seen the, yes, the new version of Harrison? Yes. Even my kids were like, he's the, this the, is ridiculous. He's the detective named yeah, Sherlock Wells. But he's French. Yeah. Good luck keeping up that accent. Uh, brought in Spin, which I don't know if that's a, a real DC villain or not. She's uh, She can use the media and like her blog... Mm. Can like uh, brainwash you. Maybe that's something newer. And we learned that Nora was given a power dampening chip when she was a kid from Iris to keep her from using her super speed, mm-hmm. which is why Nora and Iris had this falling out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I haven't even done that yet. You can't be mad at me. So the whole mother daughter thing. Uh, and then two episodes ago, we introduced Ragdoll. Uh, Secret uh, Six, uh, Suicide Squad, has yeah, been a lot of, a lot of, yeah. I, okay, you've lost me now. <clears throat> I haven't gotten this far. Okay, but you know, you know, Ragnarok. Yeah, I okay. know who the character is. Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. Like they, they got an actual contortionist, and I'm sure some oh. of the special effects. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And then we introduced Icicle. They find, Caitlin, oh. they find Caitlin's dad. Oh, and it's and he is Icicle. He had. What? He has his own freezing powers. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. And we me. don't know if he's good or bad. Is yeah. he lying to Caitlin? Is he not? But in that episode, he's talking about other... He's a scientist working on this you know, freezing technology. And yeah. he mentions, oh, my colleagues like Louise Lincoln and Victor Freeze. So Louise Lincoln was the second Killer Frost. <coughs> yeah, they've totally name-dropped, yeah. And obviously Mr. Freeze. So, yeah, you know, again, we... Ties to the DC universe. So that's where we are. Large. Yeah, that catches with us. With Flash. Up. Yeah. But again, it's just every episode, Cicada is trying yeah. to murder somebody else. And we throw in a new villain and something else happening and some family drama. But It's just not Legends, man. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention I was uh, while we were in streaming is um, DC's new DC Universe, the new streaming app. Yeah. Um, I have access to. You, you paid for it and everything? Well, something like yeah. that. Um, I have access to it. <laughs> Somebody paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been nosing around, and it's for the price. It, I mean, not that I'm paying for, for that price, but <laughs> it's it's not bad. Um, I've been watching Titans. I'm uh, today. This is Friday, the twenty fourth of November, and uh, we. The seventh episode of Titans just dropped today. Watched okay, so it. They don't put them all out. <clears throat> no, it's weekly. Okay. Every Friday you get a new episode. Um, it's still. We all saw the trailer. Um, if you haven't watched the show, it's the trailer. Like, it's trying to be this dark, gritty. Um, at points it's too gory. It's too dark. Um, they're trying too hard at points. At other points, it's really good. It's almost every other episode. I'm, I'm like, I'll watch an episode. I'm like, Hey, I really liked that. That was good. I like this and the, you know, this part and this part and this part. Um, episode two or three is Doom Patrol. They're, you know, which is they're going to spin off and have their own series. And it was great. It was the Doom Patrol. Um, even Robot Man was, it was, what I would expect right off the page. I, I really enjoyed it. Then you get a couple, an episode or two that's really bad and just flat and doesn't do much. Um, then you get a Jason Todd episode. We introduce our second Robin and their interaction, but they've never met before their interaction. And he is a total punk. Like you would expect him to be <laughs> a total punk. And he, because 
<clears throat> this Dick Grayson in this show is ultra-violent. Like, when he puts on the Robin costume, I mean, he, like, I don't know what happens, but he, he goes a little crazy and just beats the living snot and will kill people and all this stuff that and you did not expect. Alfred needs to wash his mouth out with soap. Exactly. Mm. And that's what I don't like about it. Um, and, and it's very obvious, you know, I was talking to Michael today about how it's leading into Nightwing. Um, but the, the, the big story is they, they found each other. Um, Raven is the central character they're trying to protect. Okay. Um, we haven't gotten a real origin for Starfire yet. All we know is her name is Corey. She has no memory of anything except she knows she's looking for Raven and has to protect her. Beast Boy only um, so far changes into a tiger because of budgets. Sounds like Tiger Boy. <laughs> yeah, Starfire doesn't fly. Um, she doesn't look. She doesn't look as bad as we thought she was going to look in the promo photos and all that. Um, you get by it pretty quickly, and she's fine. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, the next episode next week, they're inter- uh, spoilers. They're introducing Donna Troy into the lineup so we're gonna have a donna troy in it um it seems like there's a lot of characters like it's you're halfway through the first season you've already get, getting a spinoff <clears throat> of Doom yeah Patrol. like yeah i you think you'd want to put a core group in and develop them it, before you throw in all these guest stars and yeah um there are episodes that are very much that the the exception really was doom patrol and that was a great episode um, it just made you want to watch a different show. It, it did. I'm like, I was talking to my, me and Michael. We were like, man, we love Doom Patrol. Let's do Doom Patrol. Let's get that rolling. Um, but then, like I said, that Jason Todd episode was really good. I really enjoyed the interaction between the two because they're talking about, you know, the we don't see Batman um, or Bruce Wayne actually physically in the series, but they do a very good job of depicting the different relationships that Dick Grayson had with Batman and Bruce Wayne compared to the new relationship that Jason Todd has with Batman and how Jason gets to do all these things that he never let Dick do, you know, or he, like a middle child. <clears throat> yes, very much. You know, he, um, there are things about, you know, things that he did t- to Dick that Jason Todd knows all about that Dick Grayson doesn't even know about. We're just going to leave that there. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, just want to talk very briefly about Titans. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's worth the watch. I, I think for the most part. Have you checked out any of the like digital comics, <clears throat> yeah, animation, or classic movies they, they got on there? Yeah, there are quite a bit of comics. They do change them up um, uh, enough. You know, like, I don't think... For what you're paying for. For what you're paying for. <laughs> or not paying for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a pretty wide selection. Well, we should tell the story that Michael signed up accidentally. Yes, for the DC accidentally. service. Did he, did he tell you about that? Quote, did he, did he ding, tell you ding. how that happened? Yeah. Well, uh, he just went to the site. And I don't to, know how it happened. And he I wanted mean, to it was... see how much it cost. Yeah. He was just clicking through all the forms. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he got to a page he couldn't go back on, and it somehow mysteriously <clears throat> entered in all his credit card information. Yeah, they got all his. Inf- we don't know how it happened. It was an accident. Yeah. But so, whoops, I didn't mean to sign up for a year of this, but I did. Yeah, so we'll make the best it. of it. Just happened, Chris. Dude. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there there's a wide selection. Stick to that story. Yeah. 
<laughs> of digital comments comics to answer your question, um, they won't give you a full run. So they give they give you a little taste of it for the most part. Is there anything on there with like comic shop locator service or mm. for more, mm. go to your local library or a comic shop. I, I, I wish I could say so. Um I really, really do. Okay. But um they they have a few movies. You can watch classic movies. Um you can Is watch Swamp Thang on there. Sw- no Swamp Thang. <laughs> but Swamp Thang is oh, coming. So the new series. But classic Superman, Batman, they have some animated movies um, that are more recent. I've watched some of those, the new Death of Superman movies on there. And they have classic stuff. You can go back and you can watch all the Super Friends seasons. You can watch all the Justice League um, Unlimited series. You can watch all the old, you know, Fleischer 1940s Superman stuff. I mean, there's some really good stuff on there. There is a... There was, uh, in the late seventies, almost a variety show called, it was a super friends gimmick, but it had like Burt Ward and Adam West yeah. and they portrayed all these DC heroes. And it was like a spoof variety show for the most part. And that I've only seen on YouTube <laughs> and they put this on the app and I sat down and I was <laughs> loving it. It's so bad. It's wonderful. <clears throat> like, I mean, they've got Hawkman and, and guys dressed up like uh, Solomon Grundy. It's just ridiculous. Again, for the kids of this generation not getting what right. limited things we had to work with back yeah. in the day. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of content. There's not, there's a good amount of content. Um, that's only, oops, that's only going to increase. They don't, but they don't bombard you with so much you can't, you don't know what to watch at all, or you can't, you have trouble deciding. Um, what to watch or read, but it, it's a good starting point. It, it, there's enough, good enough. <laughs> Did you have any TV, Seth? I'll just say one thing. I I watched this first season of a show that I had heard a little buzz about, but I didn't think I got it. But I guess it was on BBC America, which I didn't know I had, <laughs> or maybe I had it free for a week or something. It's I called Doctor. Yeah, Who, <laughs> it's Doctor What. Um. <laughs> No, it, was called, it was called Killing Eve, with, and it has Sandra O oh in it from Sideways, Grey's Anatomy, I guess, mm-hmm. if you watch that. But um, I do not. It was a, it was like she was a, you know, it's British, and she was working for MI6, I guess mm-hmm. it is, and, um, and there's some assassin killing people. Sandra O7. Oh Seven. Ooh. Oh my gosh! That's if this wasn't the last thing on the show, that'd be a great time. Um, <laughs> let's just chew on that. That was a great one. Um, anyway, I really liked it. It was kind of a weird humor to it, but there is this female assassin who I'd never seen the girl before, but she's a knockout and she does a great job. Um, and almost like. I don't know. She's just an assassin, but it was almost like a serial killer feel to her. Yeah. It was just like brutal, but, um, and it's just her facing off against Sandra O oh as the detective trying to find her and, and she's trying to get everybody, to, you know, she's figuring it out before all mm-hmm. of the agency, you know, and, and that kind of becomes personal, but it was a good first season. I, I really liked it. You didn't watch it while you were watching BBC America. Have you watched any of Doctor Who, the new? No, 
Oh, okay. I watched a couple episodes uh, just to get a yeah. taste of it. Oh, yeah. I keep hearing buzz. <clears throat> I keep hearing, like, oh, a powerful new episode. And, like, yeah, the, the, I the mean, reviews seem to be good from the critics. And, and the ratings are fine. The early reports, people were trying to, people were trying to knock it down before it ever got a leg under it. Like, oh, the, this new woman lady doctor has to go and the ratings are awful. I would have no problem with that. I'm just don't really like that. Yeah. No, but I've watched a couple episodes. I, it's Doctor Who to me. I mean, it is, it's perfectly fine. New companions. They're all great. Works for me. Cool. Let's wrap it up. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Got a title? Oh, title. Gatekeeping. Eight Foot Princess. <laughs> Junior Washington. Or Sandra 07. <laughs> it's gotta I feel be. like there was one in there earlier. <clears throat> I, I was like, that's the one. And I didn't write it down. I think it's got to be uh, Sandra 07 or... Uh, Junior, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Surprise us. We'll listen to it again. Put it on my shoulders. <coughs> we trust you. Yeah, okay. you'll pull something out. So yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, I'm sure this was a long one again, but a couple hours. Yeah, we <laughs> miss a few weeks. We got to cover some stuff. That's okay, right. and there's plenty more to go. Oh, so. that just reminds me. You watched Gerald's game. Yeah. Oh Let's wow. Do Why does episode. that remind me? <laughs> Who was oh, that? me talking like Carla Gugino? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw Mr. Gugino in a movie. <laughs> oh, you know, you gotta tell, say something about that. I was gonna talk about the Hill House as well, and then oh, talk about oh. Gerald's game, so we can do that later. Okay. Hmm. But she she had that hour, yeah, half hour, or, you know, 30 seconds before this scene happens, I flash back to Seth saying something about this movie. This was the most horrific thing he'd ever seen in a movie. I'm like, <laughs> was this the movie he was talking? Oh my god, what just happened? <laughs> so yes, the podcast pre- almost prepared me for a horrible moment. So yeah, so this started somber and ended silly. But yeah, if you do, you have Stan Lee story. Have you ever met him? Did you go to a con? We'd love to hear. Rub it in our faces. Yeah. Did you? Is there any put it in a re- iTunes review? Yeah, <laughs> we we'd love to hear. It. Put it on our Facebook. Tweet it to us. What did Stan mean to you? Or which one of those characters we listed off has some personal significance? We, we, that's my favorite thing that happened this week was hearing all these great stories about Stan and what he's meant to the world at large, but also very personal stories. So yeah, if you've got a Stan story, we'll love to hear it. We'll read it on the air. We'll keep talking about Stan as long as we can. So thank you for listening to this extra length episode. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.